Welcome to the Bike Talk with Dave podcast. I'm your host, Dave Mabel, and I'm sure glad you're here. Today's guest is incredible. She's ambitious, strong, driven, kind, and fun. And of course, a little bit crazy. I had the pleasure of talking with Dr. Mary Beth Orr. Don't know that name? Well, if you're from Northeast Kansas, you likely do. She's the one in your group who pulls everyone together for a weekend gravel birthday ride with a barbecue and beers on her patio afterwards. She's motivating and encouraging people to ride, run, swim, and hit the weights in the gym. She rides gravel, road, time trial bikes, does triathlons, marathons, gravel races, along with some bodybuilding, all while raising four kids and helping her community beat the disease of obesity as a physician. All of that is quite incredible, but why I had to have her on the show is that she came to my hometown of Des Moines, Iowa last week to compete in the North American Ironman Championships, exactly one week after finishing the 200-mile unbound gravel race in Kansas. Each of those are huge deals and for many of us would serve as the highlight of our year, even our lives. I thought she was a bit crazy for signing up for each of them. But it turns out she was a little bit surprised herself. As the story goes, as I understand, she had been registered for Unbound 200 in 2020. So this year was her deferral race. She had signed up a couple of years ago and put it out of her mind. Then later sees that Des Moines is hosting an Ironman and living only a couple of hours away decides to sign up. It was only later that she sees that the two are seven days apart. I love that she's the type who shrugs her shoulders and decides to enjoy the adventure. So after some technical challenges with spotty internet, we're finally able to connect on Zoom. And so now let's join my conversation with Dr. Mary Beth Orr and talk about her amazing week of more than 340 miles of swimming, biking, and running. So I'd love to know let's talk unbound here for a minute. You've done a million triathlons, it looks like. Um, but, and it's actually, I don't see a lot of people who do a ton of triathlon who get into gravel, but what got you into gravel? Just living out here in the country for pretty much my whole life and just my love of bikes and wanting to broaden my horizons and ride with more people and ride more often and not use my car because when I ride, you know, my time trial bike and my road bike, I got to pack that thing up and drive into town because you can't ride those bikes out here. So it just made sense. If I just want to roll down my driveway and not use any gas in my car and just make it super simple, I got to get a gravel bike. So And gravel is beautiful. And I didn't realize how beautiful gravel is until I started riding these roads on a bike. I mean, I've driven these roads since I've been able to drive at the age of 14. But to experience gravel roads on a bicycle, that's a whole new world. And it's amazing. And I love it. And I wanted to get faster in triathlon. And I wanted to be a better cyclist. And I wanted to toughen up. And I will say for sure, this is kind of my little saying, I say, gravel puts hair on your chest. (laughs) 
not that I need hair on my chest, but <laughs> boy, it sure does. And I have built so much strength and been able to literally get so much faster, so much stronger and put down the Watts so much better since I started riding gravel. And, and my triathlon, my bike splits have just done nothing but gone up since I started riding gravel. So it's, it's, and it's awesome just to experience both worlds. Huh. Wow. That's quite a testament to um, the rocky side for sure. Yeah. <laughs> How far out do you live? Oh, we're not even that far. We're like two and a half miles from pavement. Oh, but it would stink on a time trial bike. Oh, un absolutely undoable. And it's hills. Every direction where we live, every direction you've got a hill. And the, the gravel out here in old Leavenworth County, um, they don't maintain these roads, you know, super pristine. So you got to have four-wheel drive, you know, living out here in the winter. And if you want to get anywhere with the snow. So the roads are, the roads are tough. They're rugged. So, yeah. Uh, so, um how long have you, like, when did you say, oh, I'm getting a gravel bike? Um, it was probably, I started doing triathlon 10 years ago. This is my 10th season of doing triathlon. And um, I got a gravel bike pretty quick. I want to say, well, I guess I was about five years into it, four or five years into triathlon and um, road riding. And then gravel just made sense. And I rode with so many roadies that said, you got to ride gravel. You really should ride gravel. And a lot of the people here in Lawrence, um, you know, being in Kansas and being this close to Emporia, which is, you know, obviously now the, you know, the unbound gravel is the Super Bowl and it's the worldwide event. So living in this area, it's just, it's the thing to do. So it just made sense to get into gravel then too. So many benefits. Plus everybody's doing it. I got to be a yeah. part of that. <laughs> Is there a good scene there? Can you get uh, group gravel rides on Saturdays and Tuesday nights and Friday mornings or whatever? Every day? Every day. Gravel every I day? I have to pick. Yes, absolutely. Wow. And I, I have this contact with so many friends. I could just send a quick text message or get on, you know, WhatsApp with some of my friends and say, Hey, meet at you know, seven 30 in the morning, meet you up at the levee trail. We'll take off, do 30 miles. Anybody it's, you'll have a group of people show up, huh, but yeah, wow. there's regular gravel rides around here too. Regular. Hmm. Do you do other races besides unbound on the gravel? Um, I, yes. So I did, um, before Unbound, I did, um, Bobby Thompson's Flint Hills gravel ride. That's in Americus, Kansas, which is right outside of Emporia. Um, there is a uh, cool hand Luke that's in Leavenworth. That's just about 40 minutes from my house. That's a tough one. They literally drive around Leavenworth, Kansas and find the steepest, most grueling hills. <laughs> I've and put them all together. Yeah. Yeah. So Cool Hand Luke, that's a great one. I um, had a new name this year. Yes. Get Fired Up. Was that the name? Get Fired Up? Yes. Okay. Yep. Yeah. All right. 
And you know, I did not do get fired up this year because I actually, I hosted my own gravel ride from my house oh, and wow. I That's had, cool. yes, we had 35 people show up. I think we invited about 50 and we had 35 people and I just hosted it from my house right here. I said, everybody drive out. I've got, I'm, you know, I'm fortunate to have a huge backyard and a patio, lots of garage sale lawn chairs. And I actually had three of my buddies turning 70 that I ride with. Wow. Yes. Yeah, 70 years old. And they, they said, we want to have birthday parties and celebrate our 70th birthday. And I said, well, I'm hosting your party and we're going to have a gravel ride from my house. And then we're going to come back to barbecue and drinks and sit on the patio and enjoy it. And it was, that's actually the, the second year that we've done that. We did that last fall too. But this year it happened to fall on get fired up uh, gravel. So it was great. I loved it. So I'm making that a, that is a yearly thing. And I would love to just make that grow. And I would love to have a hundred people out here. And this is where we start from my house. We're riding gravel right out here. <laughs> awesome. I'm looking at your Facebook, Mary Beth Malberg, or I'm just telling people that so they can find you on Facebook and okay. keep in touch about your ride next year. Sure. We'll make, we'll make that grow. <clears throat> yeah. What it, well, how far do you ride? Say it again. Well, uh, well, you said uh, Mulberg. Mulberg? Mulberg? Is your yeah, Mulberg. Name? Yeah, yep. that's my maiden name. Yeah. But that'll help people recognize you on the Facebook. Yeah, um, sure. Uh, what are the distance? What, how far you guys ride? So for the birthday gravel ride, we had two options. We had a 24-mile route, and then we had a 48-mile route. Um, so we can add more if we want. We can do whatever we want. When you host a gravel ride from your house, you can do whatever the heck you want, right? You can. I was kind of <laughs> waiting for you to say 70 for some reason, but um, <laughs> you know, we can do well, 70 divided by two as well. Yes. <laughs> At the kilometers, if you do, how, how far oh, is 70, 70 kilometers? All right, we're right in that ballpark, somewhere in yes. there. Yes. Yes, because okay. that was the original thinking was make it about 70 kilometers. Perfect. <laughs> well, happy birthday to those Those guys are badass. Yeah. yeah. Well, they must be there. That, that's awesome. Yeah. So you've been riding gravel for a bit, triathlons for um, a decade if I can say that. And yeah. Um, tell me how this was your first 200 mile unbound. How did it go? Oh, where do I start? I don't know. It was yeah. such a big day. Yes. It was, oh, wow. I, I'm, I'm changed for the better. I am a better, stronger, I guess, happier, um, person. I'm again, every time I think, Oh, I have seen, I've seen it all. I've, I've experienced so many things. There's, can it really get any better than this? Something like unbound gravel 200 finish line comes along and it's like, wow, life really, there is so much more out there. There's so much cool stuff out there to get to experience. And I, I, I'm elated. I'm, I'm so proud. I'm fulfilled. 
um, I, there's so many emotions that, that go into that. Um, wow. Um, it was, I guess everything I thought it was kind of going to be, um, but I don't know what I thought it was going to be. I knew that I needed to commit to spending all day on a bicycle. <laughs> that is a fair um, statement. <laughs> even, yeah. even if you're at the front end of the pack, you're spending all day on a bicycle. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of the night too, for some of us. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So you did the hundred in 2019. Yes. What? So you've been across that finish line. You've ridden many, many of those roads. You live kind of in that general area. What's the difference? What, why the glowing review right there? I mean, I, you, you had me, I had a little lump in my throat there. You talking about that. That was a big oh, area. Yeah. Well, when there's something big like that, I mean, doing the 100, knowing that there's a 200 that everybody talks about, and I want to be a part of that whenever there's something big. And that's kind of how Ironman has been for me too. I mean, I started out, you know, just doing some sprint triathlons my very first triathlon was indoors you know in the pool and on a stationary bike and an indoor track and but whenever there's something bigger that people are talking about that's really challenging and that uh I want to be a part of that <laughs> um when it's when it's a big deal like that when it's I mean the promotion obviously is very good and and I, I, I guess maybe I have a little FOMO. Mm. <laughs> I want to, I want to, like, I want to experience that. That sounds really cool. And I, I always look up to people that have done things like that. And I, not jealousy, but just, um, um, complete admiration. And I want to experience what, what does that feel like to, you know, finish a, a big event and, um, to, to go to those places and the challenge and the physical and the mental challenge. So that's kind of what I was looking for. And I, I, I guess just knowing too that, yeah, this is going to be a mental and a physical challenge. I welcome that. Um, and I knowing at the end that you make it through this, you're going to be better. You're going to be changed. You're going to learn. I'm always in pursuit of lessons and, you know, being better than yesterday. And what can I learn from this? Well, I want to see what's out there. There's got to be more to explore both in, you know, in nature, in, in our environment and deep inside myself too, in my own mind. You know, one of the things that they say about triathlon is uh, triathlon, um, it doesn't, what is it, doesn't push you to your, oh, it doesn't expose your limit. Uh, triathlon is about, it's not about finding your limits. It's about finding what lies beyond your limits. So, Did yeah. Did you find that truth between mile 100 and 200 in Kansas? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Can, can I it, ask? In 2019, did you go to the finish line, like at sunset, 
and then like at 11 to 12 and watch people come in in the dark? I did not. You know why? I, I still have this. I kind of have this mom guilt oh. about being away. Fair. And I felt like I needed to pack my things up uh-huh. and get home to my kids. So, so no, the, I did the, not. I, when I was 100, I cleaned up and went home. The FOMO was from knowing it's there. Not yes. having experienced it, the, that yeah. it exists. Right, right. Yeah. Um, you mentioned your kids. How old are your kids? Um, 21, 18, 16, and 12. Wow, you're, you're just beginning that kind of evolution to the empty nest one at a time <laughs> right our, our youngest is 21 so we're we're on the other end of that spectrum but yeah. and it's a treat but they still need stuff yeah. <laughs> they still need yeah. stuff um of course so talk me a little bit through the day of unbound um yes i my, always my biggest worry is you know mechanical what is something going to go wrong with the bike? I'm always worried about, I think that's my biggest worry, especially, and also with Ironman too. Like, is the bike okay? Do I have everything on there? And one of my worries too, going into Unbound was so many people, um, not doubting me, but having their worries about, you know, me, oh, 200 miles. We just, because a, a lot of the people I cycle with, um, they're just like, Oh no, 100 enough for me. 100. I I'm not doing that. The 200 just for the, you know, that special subset of people. And, and not that they didn't believe in me or anything, or not that anyone didn't believe in me, but they just, it, it was just kind of that feeling of, or that, um, thought of, Oh, really? You really want to do 200? Why? And but I wanted to, cause that's, you know, to get that, the finish line, any Ironman finish line, unbound gravel, 200 finish line, that stuff is, you can't put it into words. It's, it's, it's such a high feeling and such a, you know, those few seconds coming down the finisher chute, coming through that finish line. It, that is so worth it, what you get from that. So, yeah, so that morning, um, back to your question, um, my, yeah, I always worry about, do I have everything packed? And then I was kind of worried that I didn't have enough packed. Like, well, I, I guess I have this, and I think I have enough nutrition. And in these bags for my SAG support, they had SAG 1 and SAG 2. And, you know, I didn't have much equipment in there. I had an extra tube, a CO2. And then not much nutrition, um, had some gels, but I'm kind of a, I, and with triathlon too, and in, with Ironman, I kind of eat off the course, you know, what are you all providing? Uh, okay. <laughs> so yeah. You're, you're not stopping at the C store and buying pizza, but you're eating what is being handed out yeah. by volunteers. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and cool. I knew what the SAG were holding or what they were providing. So yeah. my bags didn't have much in it. And so that, then that worried me because I saw other people turning their bags in and they were loaded with stuff. I thought, oh man, I'm messing up. I'm missing something here. Do I need another tire? 
what do I need a net? Do I need to pack a, a sleep? One of them said sleeping bag. Like what? Maybe, that should have been for the XL, not the 200. I don't and then even it said, think you want to sleep on the XL. <laughs> yeah. A warm blanket, um, wow. a rain jacket. Like I'm not. So then it worried me like, well, should I pack all that stuff? But I feel like I've had enough experience doing I've, I've done plenty of 40 and 50 and 60 mile gravel rides where you know, I'm pretty self-sufficient. You know, mm -hmm. I'm going to pack about every 15 miles. I love um, the little um, Stroop waffles they get from the Dollar oh, yeah. Tree. Yep. They come two, two for a dollar. <laughs> and yeah, I'm, I'm pretty simple that way. Um, so, you know, some Stroop waffles. Um, I took as many free goos at the expo as possible because I love goos. Awesome. Uh, yeah. And then I'm pretty boring too. I like, uh, you know, Sour Patch Kids. I don't, I'm not big on, you know, spending a whole bunch of money on these expensive chomps and that kind of stuff or these uh, shoes and stuff. I'm like, you can get the same thing from Sour Patch Kids. I mean, <laughs> sugar, sugar, salt, yeah. salt. Yeah. So, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. And we're not sponsored by any of those. So say all you want. Maybe yeah. Sour Patch Kids will want to sponsor my podcast. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah. um, were you hungry? Like, how'd that work out for you? Yeah, no, I, I, I was okay. Um, yeah. I mean, I stuck my plan and um, just chewed on my, my goo chomps. And it, that was easy to do. And then my Sour Patch Kids, I just had them. You know, my front little pocket, easy to reach out and get. Um, I did get hungry at just like literally I just wanted a cheeseburger mm -hmm. at the second water oasis, mm -hmm. which was mile 119. And I don't know why. All of a sudden it was just, I need a cheeseburger. <laughs> and there was, there was a little um, kind of a pit stop place uh, across the street where you could get like a little convenience store, right? I, but mm. I didn't go in. Oh, um, didn't. Wow. I could have. But you didn't go get a cheeseburger? No. 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 You know, I've I got to tell you, there's validity to that because um, I did a film about a dude who ran 100 miles. And I talked to a whole bunch of people during the course of that run. And the thing I noticed was the people who were doing well later in the race ate some regular food hey i had a cheeseburger i had some pizza i had a hot dog or a bratwurst or like some kind of real food not just the sugary goos and the people who yeah. were like bonking and having a hard time were like oh i should have eaten more so i did a attempt at a hundred mile run and um gosh i got a burrito at mile 18 <laughs> i had a um piece of breakfast pizza a little later I had a, a subway sandwich at mile 48 and I, my food was great it was not it, it my muscles didn't allow me to go on but my stomach was fine and I've oh. had sugary stomach horribleness you know where yeah. you can't eat you can't keep anything down you can't nothing tastes good I've experienced that for sure so um I think there's real value in real food. Yes. Oh, and I know Uncrustables. Oh, I love. Oh, yeah. When. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 
big time. Yeah. So when I, yeah, instead of a cheeseburger, I had an Uncrustable. I had one of those in my pocket too. Perfect. Yeah. So when did it begin raining? Oh, the rain for me was in the first 100. Um, That was pretty early on. And the second half, the second 100, I didn't have any rain. And when I got to the first bad mud section where it was hike a bike, Mm -hmm. that's when the sun came out and it got hot and humid. Oh. So I, yeah, the, the mud section or yeah, the rain for me was early and I was pretty much on, um, the cattle pen roads through there and is some hard packed gravel. So it, that wasn't a problem for me as far as rain going through the mud spots bad. The rain felt good. And I do a lot of weight in strength training for endurance athletes. And I probably hit my strength training um, more than your average endurance athlete. I mean, six days a week. And oh, I love to lift wow. heavy. Yeah. Huh. So I, I feel like sometimes it, I'm stronger if I, on some of those sections that are rocky or muddy or it really is hike a bike. I'm stronger, better, more confident. I'm going to move faster. Just get off and carry your bike yeah. and walk it. Yep. And, uh, your strength allows you to do that and not tucker you out. Yep. Yes. Yes. And I, and, and my, and I'm able to move faster that way because I'm not as worried. I'm, I'm, um, I'm not as nervous and I can move quicker Mm -hmm. and I'm, I, I am, I'm so afraid of falling down and, you know, we're all afraid of falling off our bikes and falling down, of course, but I don't know. I, I've, skin my knee up so many times. I don't want it skinned up again. <laughs> That's fair. I, I don't need Yeah. It. <laughs> yeah. Um, Plus I think sometimes carrying your bike and hiking your bike, that's kind of badass. It is pretty badass. The videos yeah. of that were like, all right, that was a legit day. I love a good story. You know, when a ride is uneventful, the stories aren't as good. Yeah. So last year at Flint Hills gravel ride, in Americas, um, so 2021, um, there was a hike a bike section and one of my friends, um, who lives in Lawrence, she's a phenomenal gravel rider and single speed. She's good at single speed too. Hannah Gladder. She was having a rough day and her back was really giving her problems. So we had a mile section of hike a bike and she was struggling in tears, just could not move forward with her bike so I thought we're gonna keep moving she went she was near tapping out I said nope can you walk can you at least walk put one foot in front of the other she said yep I can do it I can do that I just can't get my bike forward and I said I will get your bike forward and so I hiked two bikes one on my left shoulder one Hannah's on my right shoulder and we were fine you know, we just talked it out and I wanted her to get through that section and I felt confident. I felt good enough. Was it tough? Yes. But we got through it and I, I, Hey, I feel great hiking two bikes on that day. Mm-hmm. That's, awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. How did your body feel crossing 200 miles of Kansas gravel? My knees were a little bit sore. I, uh, my patella doesn't agree with my, uh, femoral condyles much <laughs> so not your femoral uh, condyles got, <laughs> Even, I've never heard that word in my life <laughs> so yeah so anatomically speaking your femur you know that's the longest bone femoral, in your, in, okay yep 
femur. So the tiles, so you know where your kneecap is. Yep. Your kneecap has to slide through where, and it articulates right there with the, 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 the end of your femur there. And there, it's just kind of a pulley system through there. And I, I just, on some x-rays, I just got some degeneration and what's called osteomalacia, meaning that your cartilage, instead of being a nice, um, smooth American shiny, American cheese shiny, mine's more Swiss cheese and got lots oh. of holes. Wow. So, yeah, so I had, and that, that happens with that, you know, when I'm, I'm pedaling and climbing, I will get a little, um, patellar pain and, and of course, quad, quad pain just from mashing, um, on the bike and, and climbing hills and riding gravel. But that, that was it. Um, my engine was fine. I mean, cardiovascular pulmonary, I was fine. Energy wise, I, I, I really felt good. I, I felt like I, I, I could have gone a little more if I needed to. Oh, awesome. You know? Yeah. You had to be in great shape because the very next weekend you drive up to Des Moines and swim yeah. 2.4 miles and hop on your bike for 112. Of course it's paved. So it probably felt like, probably felt like a big baby. And yeah, then, uh, right. then you Ooh, throw a marathon on the end of that on a hot and humid day. Yeah. How, uh, yeah. how was your day last Sunday? I was having a wonderful day. The swim uh, was really nice. I, I moved faster than I kind of expected. I have to be honest, I hadn't done a good job with my swim training. Um, I just hadn't put in the time. I'm kind of blessed in that respect, though, because I'm, I'm kind of a, I'm a middle-of-the-pack swimmer, really with no training <laughs> or very little training. Um, swimming just comes natural to me. I, I'm lucky that way. I kind of grew up you know, one of those kids that dropped off when the pool opens in the morning mm. or in the afternoon and mom would pick me up when they close in the evening and lifeguarded for years, taught swimming lessons forever, 16 years. <laughs> yeah, you're um, comfortable in the so, water for sure. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so the, the swim was nice. It was um, interesting. There was, yeah, the peninsula was kind of fun to go across because we got to see people. Yeah, you and, like that? I did. I thought it was kind of fun. You know, I like getting a drink of water. Yeah. That was really nice. A water station through there. So, yeah. So the swim felt good. Um, I wasn't as, I wasn't disoriented when I got out is a lot of times I'm really dizzy. Um, I think I did a better job sighting this time mm -hmm. and, and keeping my eyes, you know, forward better and looking at the buoys. So I felt pretty good coming out of the swim. And then, um, on the bike, I, tr I kind of had it in my mind. Oh, you just did 200 miles. You have to take it easy. You can't, you, I mean, and you've got 112 to do here and you have got to, you know, just calm down, just take it easy. Don't try to kill it. So I really rode very conservative. I feel maybe too conservative for about the first 15 or 20 miles. And I, I wasn't breathing heavy. I felt great, felt, felt a lot of energy. And I thought, let's just pick up the pace here let's just drop the hammer a little bit. You know, not fully drop the hammer, but suggest it a little bit. So I, <laughs> I, I sped up a bit and it felt good. I, I was able to pass a few people. Of course, I was getting passed a little bit here and there and 
Um, but you know, it always feels good to pass people on a really fast bike. It does. <laughs> I agree. You're right. <laughs> and then I flatted at mile 49 oh, dang and it. I know. Yeah. But I, I was doing really well. My husband said he was watching, um, my progress through there and my, my splits kept, kept coming up. I was averaging about, about 20 mile an hour up through until I flatted through those segments and but it felt like 20 mile an hour every time I looked down at my watch I was you know 19 21 right in that eight right in that range so it felt great um but the flat oh, it kind of took me down it'd been a while since I changed a flat tire and it was kind of some new equipment to me oh. um you know it's pretty easy just switch out the tube which by the way I'm going tubeless now after this incident so and I I was I was mad and I kind of fidgeted around with my tire levers and this was a fair, it was a new set of tires too. So, you know, that tightness yep, on there and I hard to get, get off, hard to get back on. Yeah. Yeah. And then my hands were sweaty. So, and for some reason that the tube that I was trying to replace, um, it, I kept, I could not get it underneath the tire itself, I kept, you know, you know how you always go around and check, make sure you're not going to get a pinch flat. Yep. The, the tube seemed like it was about three inches too long. And I could not tuck that sucker underneath the tire. And it was the only one that I had. So I thought I've got to do this one right. Cause if I get a pinch flat immediately, I am out. Yeah. So yeah. So that sidelined me for about 40 minutes. Oh my um, goodness. Yeah. Oh. Ridiculous. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that's unacceptable <laughs> for, a, you know, an experienced cyclist. Come on. <laughs> I'm not editorializing. Um, I think I already did, but <laughs> that's a, that's, that's a long, yeah. that's a long thing. So how did it feel getting back going again? Great. Yeah. Then I was mad and then I had to tell myself, okay, come on, compose yourself, get yourself together. You were having a great bike. It, I, I really wanted to be in the top 10 in my age group. You know, that thing always goes through, right. your, through my mind too. I'm like, wow, if I really do good, maybe I could KQ. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, I'm not there yet. Those women that in my age, man, they're fast. I was looking at their splits. I'm like, yeah, I got some work to do. <laughs> yeah, even without the 40-minute flat. Yeah, yeah yep. exactly. Even without the 40-minute flat. Um, but yeah. Felt great. And then so when we got to the beef segment where you could win the beef, I thought, I want to get this beef. So I tried to go as fast as I could, but I, I didn't get it. I, did, I don't even know who won it out of our age group. Oh, but I did. I pushed it through there. But I had it in the tank to push it. What was that? Mile 98 to 103, something like that. What time did, of day did you get off the bike? What, 2 o'clock? Something like that in oh. the afternoon? Nice. So you got to start a marathon in the heat of the day. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh-huh. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. How'd that feel? It was, that was, um, toasty. <laughs> I, I, I'll yes, quote my high school, my high school basketball coach when we would, uh, practice in the, in the summertime and have summer camp, he would say, all right, ladies, we're going to work up a good lather. <laughs> So you're sweating so much that you work up a good lather. Yeah. So I was uh, saying that to myself. I'm like, well, I'm going to work up a good lather on this run. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. How how'd that feel gotten through after the 112? 
it mentally that was hard. It, yeah. it was. And, um, I, then I kind of got back in my head again. I'm like, Oh no, you just did unbound 200. You just biked 112. You really shouldn't be running. You haven't had enough rest, but I, you know, again, you got to get your head out of that and always go back to this, this opportunity, this beauty that you have, this ability that you have, celebrate this. You're, you're put here in this time and this moment and hello, you signed up for an Ironman. What did you expect? Yes, there's a marathon in an Ironman. So (laughs) quit being, yeah. They don't keep it secret, do they? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I also have this little thing that, and it's actually on my stem cap on my gravel bike. And my, um, my personal trainer uses this at our gym often and he uses it with me and he'll say, come on, no bitch assness, no bitch assness. (laughs) Have you ever heard that before? I've never heard that before. That must be a Kansas thing. It's basically saying, don't whine, no whining. No There's whining. no reason to whine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you did sign up for it. You paid for it. You're there yep. by choice. And yep. uh, you, like you said, you know what's coming. Yep. Yep. Mike Riley said one time, I think in one of his videos um, that he was talking about pre-race, it must've been like one of the Kona pre-race things. And he was kind of given a talk about that. And I remember him saying, he said, there will be pain, but that's when you know you're alive. What hurt when and where? Um, my joints started aching. My knee joints flared up. And then it went through my head. Oh, I shouldn't be doing this, this arthritis. But that's not true. The best thing you can do for arthritis is move. Mm-hmm. The worst thing you can do for arthritis is sit and do nothing. Well, so. You were not sitting and doing nothing, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you were moving yeah. for sure. Like, at what point was that? Are you five miles in, 20 miles in, and it's hurting? Uh, physically, yeah. Probably about, I think, when I got to mile eight. Oh. Um, but it, it wasn't that bad. I mean, it, yeah. you know, it's doable. And again, it's – and I – I've been there before. I knew this was coming. Um, I feel like I'm better at dealing with physical um, challenges more than maybe the mental challenges. So I have to really have my game plan on that mental challenge because at mile eight, wow, you're really not that far into a marathon. Correct. So you're not even in double digits yet. So I try to do my best to control um, not letting that compound that you're only at mile eight and you're already feeling this in your legs, in your knees and my hamstrings oh, and calves, calves. So muscular, it was the hamstrings and the calves, which doesn't make sense to me because it was a pretty darn flat course. And I, I, I started feeling nauseous and I hadn't peed much. So of course that's always a red flag. You are behind. So then I knew I needed to pick it up, but I knew I was already behind and it's hard to catch up. And by then sometimes it's too late. Part of that nausea though, too, was just kind of, again, that mental thing of you're only, you just barely made double digits here. You're just at 10 miles. 
um, you have quite a ways to go. So again, just controlling that mental factor and trying not to focus on the numbers as much as possible or redirect. Um, I was listening, I listened to um, some podcasts. I listened to one on, um, from Peter Atia, The Drive. He's a physician. He interviews Ryan Hall. Oh. And Ryan Hall, yeah. I think he's what the American record holder for the half marathon and the marathon. And Sounds they great. talk about mental fortitude and toughness. And he's, he was, um, Ryan Hall was talking about how you have to reframe, reframe your thinking. And a big thing that stood out to me too, was also what Ryan had said was you always have to tell yourself you have enough in this moment to take another step. There's always enough in the tank to take another step. You always have that. So I tried to keep that in mind too. You, were you know who else popped that? in? No, I wasn't listening to it. I just, I, I have listened. I wasn't listening okay, to it okay, during okay. the race. You were remembering that. You have yes. enough. Okay, got it, got it, got it. That kept Yes. You- I love it. Well, and That's I always awesome. try to have a mental game plan going into an Ironman. Yeah. And, and a mental game plan also, you know, going into Unbound 200. I was telling my, my personal trainer that week before, you know, he has had me do, you know, five rounds of really hard things before that are physically challenging and then mentally challenging. So I told him, all right, so we're going to approach Unbound 200 as five rounds of 40 miles. I can do that. Mm-hmm. I ride 40 miles of gravel like nothing and I feel great and I love it. I just got to do it five times That's and it. yeah, let's make it. And so, yeah, that's kind of how I approached. Yeah. Ironman Des Moines too, is I, I knew there were going to be moments like that and you've got it. What's your game plan? What's your mental game plan to get through that moment? You had thought about so, this beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. So Iron Cowboy, I, I just told myself I'm doing one Iron Man on one day. And so I'm not doing a hundred in a row. And he did a hundred right. in a row in a hundred right. days. Okay. So that's pretty remarkable. Yeah, no, that's super remarkable. I am I do know about the Iron Cowboy. Yep. That's I thought you were crazy. <laughs> yeah. That's a whole new level, right? That is a whole new level. That's a new a yeah, planet, new universe. Yep. And uh, that's a time commitment for you and your family, which I want to ask you a little bit about. Um, You're a mom of four. We talked about your kids and you're a full-time physician. How did you find time to get ready for the two, these two events? Oh, you never find the time when you're, when you work full-time as a mom, you have to make the time, no doubt. So um, it's, you have to be as efficient as possible. So when I say efficient, when I've got 20 minutes of time anywhere here and there, go ride. Even if it's just 20 minutes, go ride, go run, go do something. Um, and routine. Um, it's just my physical activity regimen is just, is very routine for me. It's like, you know, taking a shower every day, brushing your teeth every day. There are times carved out in my day that are non-negotiable. And that's how I always encourage my patients too, you know, with their healthy habits and things like, you know, eating healthy and their exercise. 
you have to make those times non-negotiable. And I, I've certainly done that before. It's like, well, I stopped seeing patients. I cannot see people past four o'clock today because I have a session with my trainer and that session is non-negotiable. So prioritize. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Discipline definitely. And, um, yeah, just being efficient. You have to be efficient. And if you, even, you know, those 10 minutes blocks, if you can get something done there, or one hour. And I, you know, my husband and I talk about this all the time too. You know, our, we're pretty boring. We don't, you know, we don't go out and to the bars and we don't go see movies and, you know, our night out is, Hey, you want to go to the gym and lift on Friday night? Yeah, let's do that. Well, what's next? What are you doing this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> let's see. Uh, Leadville. Um, uh, what else we got? What else? Yeah. Uh, uh, tour divide. Are you doing tour divide this weekend? <laughs> that sounds wonderful. <laughs> I would, I would love to do that sometime. I mean, that, that just sounds like a cool thing to do. Agreed. You might um, need a sleeping bag on that one. Yeah. The sleeping bag will come into, into play there for sure. Yep, yep. I'm excited for the rest of this triathlon season. Um, just to do my local events. Um, mm -hmm. I am fortunate enough to, Oh, mosquito. Yeah. I'm getting them to, too. Yeah. Uh, to qualify for, um, USA triathlon nationals. So that's in August. Awesome. Um, yeah. And gravel. Um, so we've got Bad Astra in Ottawa, Kansas. That'll be coming up in September. Um, there's virtually a, I mean, really a gravel event everywhere around here. Every weekend you can find something going on. And if it's not a, you know, um, advertised or a, a big, big sponsored or supported ride, I mean, there's always the group rides. Yeah. So, oh, I know what else. I've got Gravel Worlds coming up in August, and oh, I signed up for awesome. the double. Ooh. Yeah, Ooh. I know. I've never ran uh, a, what it's fifty k. Never done that. So, hey, let's go. The beauty I found in ultras is you throw the watch away. Nobody cares how fast you go. You don't care how fast you go. You just want to do the distance. So, okay. Just enjoy the day in the fifty k. Okay. Yeah. And then Slow 150 and the next day. That's a biggie. I mean, that's a, that's a great race. That's a definitely a great race. A lot of people from, from, uh, um, Iowa, Des Moines head over and do that. And yeah, definitely an, an a race for a lot of people. So enjoy yeah. that. Yeah. It'll be fun. And the beauty of that is I've never done that before. I've never ran an ultra. So that's going to be a new thing for me. So I'm going to have a whole host of new lessons. Yep. My world's going to be expanded that much more. My, my horizons are going to be broadened. I'm going to have new things to appreciate in the world by doing an ultra. And then to turn around and ride 150 gravel miles the next day. Again, I've never done that before. So these new experiences, I'm, that's what, excites me that fuels me i yeah. so much look forward to that i love your attitude and i love your outlook and i love that uh you're always learning and seeking and and trying yeah. new things and adventuring so yeah life's too short it is it is gotta enjoy it well listen i'm super yeah. impressed with your each of your two days uh, last Thank week you. end of the week before 
whatever this month how's that this month yeah year two past 10 days yep yep super awesome super impressive yeah thank you um, my journey started um well it's and i'll make this short you know i think i have such an appreciation for this kind of stuff too and my attitude is this way because there was a time in my life where i really couldn't do this kind of stuff i um, i consider the disease of obesity which is what i treat on a daily basis the disease of obesity mine is in remission So there was a point in my life, um, my 12 year old, after he was born, I was tipping the scales at about 250 pounds. Oh, so I knew I was in trouble. Yeah. And so I, that's what kind of started my, my journey into fitness is it just started out with, I just want to be able to walk a mile and, uh, not pass out. And then it came into, well, maybe I could jog a little bit and then maybe I could do a 5k Maybe I could do a 10K. Maybe I could ride my bike for 10 miles. So that kind of started that way. Um, and so, and my dad also kind of, there's a little, another little twist in there. My motivation back then came to was um, my dad got sick with cancer and he was one of my best buddies. And so finding fitness and my own health and taking care of myself, that's what helped me through that pain of watching him die from cancer. So I knew I had to do something and I knew I, my health, my own health was in trouble, um, with the disease of obesity and I needed to make some changes. So here we are. <laughs> That's just that a short little blurb. Ago. That, uh, so that was I, my journey. Old. Yeah. Yeah. So that would have been 12 years ago. So 2000, my dad died in 2012. It was 2011. Yeah. So yeah, Poland was born in 2010. And right after he was born, that's when I knew I needed to make some changes. And that's when we were finding out dad's got cancer because he lived for uh, about a year with the cancer before it took him. Oh, wow. That's fast. I, I, my dad, he, I had to, I had to do all this for him too. And I think about him all the time. And that I miss, I wish I could talk to him about some of this stuff. And I he would be so proud with all this crazy stuff I'm doing. That's definitely another thing that keeps me going and all this craziness is my dad would love this and just eat it up. <laughs> That's awesome. That's super yeah. awesome. Well, yeah. I'm going to say you're an inspiration to me and I'm going to guess many, many others. And, you know, I picture the 35 people who gather on your patio to go for a a birthday 40 mile gravel ride and yeah joy you bring and excitement you bring and and the um ah, motivation you you i'm sure bring to people to be like oh hey i'm gonna go for a 40 mile gravel ride this week with my yeah. friend Beth. and that's awesome that's you're you're a good human being thank you i appreciate that that means the world to me i i, I get great joy from helping others see their own potential and helping others um, remove their own doubts about themselves. You know, that's part of why I wanted to sign up for the 200 was, yeah, there's lots of doubts, but I want to, I want to remove those doubts from myself. And I want to share that with other people then too. It's like, you know, people say, Oh, I could never do an Ironman. Yes, you can. Anybody can do an Ironman. If you want to, we all have, capability inside you just have to decide that you want to do it and you have to find your path to get there 
and make that decision. And like we said, you know, commit to it and embrace it and love it and love the journey. So I, I always want to try to help people see their own potential and help them find their own journey, help them find their own path to their own success. And that's what I try to help with my patients too on a daily basis. It's like, you know, like I said, I, I practice obesity medicine. Now I did family medicine for 16 years, but I retired from that at the first of this year and I do obesity medicine. And I, I tell my patients every day, yeah, this is a tough thing, but you can do it. We're here together. You're let's work on this as a team, but I want you to see your potential and see what you can be. And I want to help people just attack it. I want to help them find their, their, their own inspiration for themselves. You are a gift. <laughs> oh, gosh. Thank you. That is my I conclusion. You are a gift. You're, yeah. you're a gift to everybody who comes in your office and, and who, you, uh, who you touch. So thank you. Thank you for being you. Well, thank you, Dave. I appreciate that. I think you're a gift, too. I think it takes one to know one. <laughs> you're kind right i appreciate yes. that yes yes that absolutely yes, is true yes. see there you are you're you're doing it right now aren't you yeah <laughs> Red and love yeah. i love it i love it yeah thanks again for listening and thanks tons to mary beth for sharing her story what a great human being and how nice of her to make time for me on the bike talk with dave podcast speaking of that I'd love it if you'd subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. If you really dig it, tell your friends. And you should also tell your friends about this awesome offer from Adventure Plus, a free 90-day trial. What is Adventure Plus? It's a super cool streaming platform with 600 adventure films. Great films on cycling, skiing, kayaking, rock climbing, trail running, and so much more. A subscription is about the price of a good cup of coffee, but it's even better than that as I've partnered with them to give you your first 90 days free. All the adventure you want with films added every week, free for 90 days. And after that, you can decide if you want to keep it or cancel. It's up to you. So click the link in my show notes. And when you do, check out the films I've made, A Thousand Miles to Nome and Down the Kuskokwim which are films about biking and running the Iditarod Trail in Alaska, and Reach for the Stars, which was my first full-length film and is about a challenging 100-mile run on the hilly gravel roads of southern Iowa. Check them all out on AdventurePlus.com. And thanks also to BikeIowa.com, our online host for Bike Talk with Dave, where each week you can find access to hundreds of trails, events, and stories about biking in the great state of Iowa. If you're listening from afar, I'd like to invite you to check out all the great trails in Iowa and come for a visit. I tell you, the scenery is awesome, the beer is delicious, and the people are friendly. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to support the show, look for Bike Talk with Dave at buymeacoffee.com. I really appreciate your support. I'll put a link in the show notes. Bike Talk with Dave is a production of Summit Media. Give us a follow on the gram at Summit Media Films or myself at dmabel122. Thanks for listening, and I hope you have a great week.